Okay, there we just go. Just so my, uh, yeah, just, so I just was getting that started. Yep, I'm, it's, I'm, it's recording. I'm, I'm rolling. Okay, good deal. How are you? Good. Good. I guess the first couple of minutes of class last week, the microphone wasn't working, or maybe it just didn't uh, turn on. This one was not, but I know how to do it now, okay. so, yeah, right. so I think we're good. Okay. Um, uh, and I don't think it affected this. Yeah. Amen. Thanks, Jeannie. Good morning, everybody. I'm going to put this on because it makes me feel like a rock star. I may dance around now that I've got free hand. No, don't worry, I won't do that. Uh, good morning. How many people were here last week? Show of hands. All right, how many people, this is the first time you were here? How many people slept through it? Don't remember. Okay. It's too loud. I get that at home, too. All right, let's see here. I don't see a volume. What if I did this? What's that? What about this? Is that a little better if I get it a little further away? How's that? All right. Thanks. All right. So let's do this. Let's start this way. Let's do a little bit of review. I don't know how many of you were ever at Lipscomb University. I was there with a guy named Axel Swang. His name's on the building. He died at age 91 a couple of years ago. He was the accounting professor. And uh, when I got to my cost accounting class, I looked down and it said, written by Axel Swang. You know you're in trouble when the guy who's standing in front of the room wrote the book, literally. So he used to talk about review, review, review. So what we're going to do is we're going to review what we did last week. So I'll give you a little hint. We talked about the role of a shepherd. So what I want to do is I want to ask you, what do you remember about last week's class? So let's just talk about that for the, for the sake of people who weren't here, for the sake of getting our minds and mouths warmed up just a little bit. What do you remember about last week? Elders, fire ministers. Elders, fire <laughs> ministers. Yes, we got that, we got that down. So and I see Josh is not back. We scared him off last week. He's, uh, he sent Cara. All right, so a uh, traditional view of what a shepherd uh, does is that they hire and fire ministers, and there's some truth to that here even at Otter Creek, so we, we do some of that. What else? There's not a mahogany boardroom at Otter Creek. There is not a mahogany boardroom. We tried to get that into the Creekside building, and it just it didn't get past the MCC. So, All right, so board of directors, tra traditional view, board of directors. We talked a little bit about the, um, the role of the MCC, the role of the ministers in relation to the shepherds, and how we have a decision matrix and some of those decisions that in some churches, if you grew up in the Church of Christ, you know that elders are involved intimately in some of the business uh, parts of the church. And, and it's not that we have washed our hands completely of that here, but we've tried to uh, spread that responsibility around and tried to be uh, intentional and systematic about that. So it's, it's not a traditional board of directors kind of feel good. What else? Otter Creek just needs more. I so appreciate you saying that. We have 19 elders. To make the math easy, I rounded up. I guess I'm, I'm starting to sound like Josh. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing preacher math now. I'm rounding up. I think we have 1,750 members, but it's early on a Sunday morning. So if you round that up to 1,900, that's about a 100 to 1 ratio of members to shepherds. And so that's a pretty big ratio. We need, we need more. Yeah, that's a, that's a great takeaway. from. If you didn't get anything else out of last week, that's a great takeaway. Good. good. What else? Yes, 
some people became elders early in life than you would imagine. And uh, I love that Josh talked about Fletcher this morning. Fletcher, I don't think Fletcher would mind me sharing this. 42 years old is when he became an elder. And so the reason for sharing that is as you are looking around and you're talking with your spouse and you're talking with your life group and friends about who would be some people who would make really good elders, I want, I want you to, to, to lower that age limit. I want you to think about our average age. I don't know if we talked about this last week, but our average age here, I think, is 30 or 31. So y'all are very representative of the church body as a whole. And so 42 years old, 45 years old, I mean, those are, those are some men who uh, are qualified, in my opinion. Some of, those, some of those guys are ready to serve, and they've got the energy to serve. And so so be thinking about those people. Don't leave those people out of your conversations. Good. What else? Anything else you learned last week? Something you, that was affirming or something that maybe was uh, brand new to you? All right. Availability. Availability. Yeah. We heard that a lot. That was important to you in the room. A lot of people talked about that, that personal connection and different forms of communication and being available. So that's important to you. It's important to us as a group of shepherds. We want to be available. We want to be part of your lives. So, yeah. And we talked about John 10. I appreciated what Josh had to say this morning when he went to what Jesus had to say about the heart of a shepherd and about what Paul had to say. And, we, and we're going we're gonna to look later today about what Paul has to say about... Uh, the the, um, the heart of a shepherd, but we talked last week about John 10. Anybody remember what John 10 was about? This was Jesus talking about himself as the good shepherd. Do you remember anything about that verse? You can look. It's okay. It's, uh, he knows his sheep. He knows his sheep, and his sheep yes, and the sheep know him. Willing to lay his life down. So all of that speaks to, we talked a little bit about relationship, which goes both ways. It, it flows from the shepherds to the sheep and the sheep back to the Shepherd, so it's hard to lay down your life for somebody figuratively or literally uh, when you don't know them. So, uh, so that's really important. And so that's looking to Jesus for, a, for an example of, you know, what, what is the role of a shepherd? What is the heart of a shepherd? So we're going to talk a little bit more about that this morning, too. Uh, I appreciate Jeannie reminding uh, us next week, a week from today, those forms are due. Please write down as many names as you have thought about, prayed about, talked about. There's some forms up here if you need one. You can go to the website and fill that out too. That's next Sunday, uh, and that'll be the last day you can do that. You can do that throughout the week too. Um, so today, here's what we're going to do today. We're going to talk about the heart of a shepherd. So what gifts does a shepherd need to lead well? What gifts, what characteristics does a shepherd possess uh, that will help him be a success? So what I'd like to do is, uh, we, we did this last week. I want to follow this same kind of uh, format this morning. I think it worked well last week. I want to hear from you. I want to hear what you think about the heart of a shepherd, what's important to you. Um, if you were in first service, uh, Josh and I did not plan this, but he shared some of his favorite, most important uh, characteristics that really spoke to him. I'd love to hear that from you. I'm going to, um, after, after we hear from y'all, and, and Sarah's agreed to uh, make some notes today. We took notes last week. Y'all had some great ideas about shepherds and about the shepherd group, and we really appreciate that. We really do. So we're going to take some notes, but I'll, I'd like to hear from you. What do you think the heart of the shepherd should be? What do you think are important characteristics of a spiritual leader? And, and let, let me introduce this idea, too, because I'd like to hear from you about this. Let's compare that to what our society thinks about leaders in general 
and what the world thinks about leaders in general. So let me, let me hear your comments on that. Yes, Mike. Leadership. Servant leadership. Kind of Donald Trump style. <laughs> Donald Trump style servant leadership. Yes. All right. Very good. What else? Yes, so I, I think a lot of times we, we look to society's view of what a leader is like, and, and not that, there are, that that's bad or wrong, uh, but that's certainly not the only qualification for a spiritual leader. Um, so, what, so yeah, I, I think historically um, men in the church have been chosen because of their success in business or because of their um, uh, visibility perhaps in the community or business and and that may be important uh, as it relates to running a business or being success in the minds in the eyes of the world but uh, perhaps not as a spiritual leader Alex Chad, I would uh, say vulnerability vulnerability okay the reason personally there have been times where I've come to a couple of elders and really just had to pour out some of the stuff I'm dealing with and the response that I received back was I've been in your shoes mm. I've done those things, um, here's where I'm at now. And just knowing that somebody that you would, um, growing up, I would have put up on a pedestal and been fearful to approach because mm -hmm. of condemnation, uh, that was not the sense at all that I got. It was more of, we're here to see you succeed. We want to walk with you. We're men with flaws. Um, we want the best for you spiritually and your family. Wow. Yeah. Thank you for saying that. That's so. So I'm gonna I'm gonna repeat some of this. So people who missed this, I, I meant to mention this at the beginning of class. If you miss a class, um, Eric is recording these for a podcast. You can get you can listen on a podcast or or, or tell your friends to listen. Uh, vulnerability. I appreciate you saying that because um, how many times have we needed to talk to somebody and been a little afraid or intimidated? And we certainly don't want to be that way. We want to follow that shepherd model where the sheep know our voice and the um, and, and vice versa, you know, we know each other. So hopefully we are aspiring to that. But I think that's very important, um, the idea of being vulnerable uh, where we can relate to people. Good. What else? Yes. Not Jesse. sure how to say mm -hmm. this succinctly, but I guess willing to hold their beliefs in, with an open hand. Okay. Um, it seems so often as we get older, we tend to get very dogmatic about what we believe and think we've figured it out. And seems to me that it's important that the elders be a group of people that's always willing to question even the things that we think is pretty standard to believe because they're the ones that are leading us and there are times when God says, I know it's been this way now, but it's going to be a new way. Right. I love, I love how you, the, the, your choice of words when you said hold their beliefs in an open hand. And don't, don't let me twist your words, but the way that registered with me when you were talking was that they have beliefs. And they're holding on to them, and they're confident in those beliefs, and yet they're not holding on to them so tight that their knuckles are white, that things are slipping through their fingers, and it's a fearful holding on to a belief. It's a, yeah, here it is. I've, I've got it right here. And yet, you know, I can look at it, and I can, I can examine it, and I can question it. 
and I'm confident in that. So uh, I, I liked your choice of words when you said that. That's good. That's good. What else? Yes. Um, seeks the truth of God. Seeks the truth and of God. Okay. Acts in the Holy Spirit. And acts in the Holy Spirit. Love that. Um, wow. I'd love to ask you to elaborate on that, but it's almost, it's so succinct and perfect. Maybe we just let it sit right there. That's great. Thank you. That's good. All right. Yes. Going along with those, um, prayerful, prayerful and, and discerning. Prayerful and discerning. So what does that mean? What does that look like to you? Prayerful and discerning. Can you give us some examples of where you've seen that or wished you'd seen that? Oh, wow. Um, I see that here. Okay. In this eldership and this group of, of leaders here, a group of men who meet together and they pray together, and also who are in prayer um, on their own daily. Mm -hmm. I wish I would have seen that growing up in my leadership. Mm -hmm. So maybe that's why it's one of the things that, that I think is very important. I love that when I, and thank you for letting me kind of push you for yeah. more on that, because um, I love that the first thing you said when I asked you that question was together. And, and I think so much of what a strong eldership, a strong shepherd group does is lean on each other. And, um, and so I think that's really important. Yes. It may sound a little silly, but happiness. Happiness. Joy. No, I think that sounds great. I like that. <laughs> Having some joy. Okay. Growing up, my tradition, um, the eldership was just very serious all uh -huh. the time. Yeah. And I that's because they that. had to do budgets. So <laughs> that's, yeah. I appreciate the fact that the eldership here, um, they laugh, they joke, they, mm -hmm. they've got a, uh, just a happiness of spirit and, and a joy that you can feel when they come into the room. Yeah. Um, and I could, I could name several of them that I've been able to have that experience with. I appreciate you saying that. I, I almost, I almost kind of like hate to admit this because, you know, the, the, the stereotype is, oh, how many meetings do you have? And, oh, you've got meetings all the time, and thank you for your service. And i got to tell you, I love when we get together as one big group. We have lots of subcommittee meetings. We talked about that last week a little bit about our theology group and our pastoral group and our administrative group. And so we, we have formal, you know, scheduled meetings and impromptu meetings and email and, and phone conversations and one-on-one and -on -one conversations. So we, we have a lot of conversation that takes different forms throughout the month, but I really look forward to when all 19 of us and Josh and Mike Runcy and sometimes some of the other ministers come together, we have a lot of fun. It's kind of like the best kept secret in the church. We laugh, um, it, and, and we're there a long time sometimes, but it never, it, well, sometimes. Sometimes it feels like we're there a long time, and we are. But it's, we, we do have a lot of fun together, and, and I appreciate that reminder. I think that's important. Good. What else? Yeah, uh, you, 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 and then you. All right. Uh, I just would say tact. Tact? Um, yeah, okay. Yeah, not being afraid of what an elder would say is pretty awesome. Okay. <laughs> All right. Tact. Yes, David? Trusting the wisdom of others. Trusting the wisdom of others. Okay. I think that's good. Yeah. Being intentionally intentionally like, inclusive it like, like that. churches in general so have been viewed as a place that that keeps out people who don't believe exactly where we are especially okay. as the church of christ yeah and also you know racially as well because before we were meeting here for this reason you know we were doing kind of the, the uh, racial relations right in this very room this yes very room. Uh -huh. it's so eye-opening because you know as as one of many white guys at this church you don't think about it right and Right. It takes a lot to, to, you have to work at it to bring people who are different here. 
So let's talk about this. So he's talking about being uh, intentionally inclusive, and Justin's talking about holding beliefs in an open hand. How do we hold on to our beliefs and be inclusive with people who have different beliefs or don't understand our beliefs? Let, let, me, let me hear some of your thoughts about that, because I, I, I think both of these comments are really good. How do, how do we hold those things in tension and, and, and be unified? Yes. I think loving. Loving. More than judging. Loving more than judging. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. What I saw another hand. It starts with empathy. Starts with empathy. I mean, you may not completely understand that other person, but at least you can say, I'm here. Okay. And I'm willing to listen. Yeah. Yeah, listening, I think, is a big part of I, I don't know if you can be empathetic if you don't understand what the other person's gone through. That, and that comes from a lot of different way it comes from having experienced that before it comes from listening but I think that's I think that's really important um, this just popped into my mind uh, so I when, I when I think about empathy um, I, I, I try to embrace that I try to be listening I try to put myself in the other person's shoes um, saw a great little clip uh, and I don't remember exactly where it was it may have been one of our uh, elders meetings somebody shared this clip and it said if if you are saying things to your neighbor or your friend or your spouse that start with the phrase, at least it's not, that may not be an empathetic statement. So, so for me, that was a, that, those are good words to watch for if I'm trying to be empathetic and, and trying to be encouraging and trying to be helpful, but I'm saying things like, well, at least, you know. So, all right, that's free. That was just bonus. That's not even in the notes. So. Yes, Laura. Challenging. Others okay. who are willing to challenge us to do more and to be more and okay. to be in the word more. Okay. But who know us well enough to have rapport with us to be able to speak the truth and to be challenged. Yeah, and, that, and that goes back. So challenging, but know us well enough to know when to push back or pull back. Um, and that speaks to relationship, too. So that's excellent. Good. What else? Yes. The balance between selflessness and self-care. Okay, yeah. keep talking. So, I mean, I think as an elder, you, you are put in a position probably a lot of times where you're having to give up your own priorities, your own family time, mm -hmm. your own personal time, your maybe some of your career aspirations yeah. in order to make time to be able to give to this community like we all need. Yeah. Um, but yet, somebody who does that constantly, who doesn't take care of themselves and and know when to set boundaries for themselves might get burnt out and, and right. frustrated and, you know, might, you know, make decisions that they otherwise would Yeah. So, thank you. So many of these comments, this one too, uh, we could put a name on them. When, when we go to the Word here in a few minutes and we start looking at uh, what Jesus says about shepherds and what Paul says about overseers and elders, um, I think you described discipline just then. I think there's, you, we've all known people who um, were so passionate about ministry or about their service inside the church, and yet something else in their life was sacrificed that shouldn't have been sacrificed. And, and that's one of the things Sarah and I talked about when we agreed uh, that I would serve in this role. It, you know, it's, it, it affects both of us. So, um, you know, I, I'm the guy who stands up on stage. I'm the guy who, you know, is kind of the, the more um, public um, part of that ministry, but you know, Sarah and I both uh, are making sacrifices, and that's one of the things. Some of the older shepherds who have been doing it a lot longer, 
uh, have talked to us about about you know, doing what you can where you are in your current state. And you know, we have we have young boys. I, you know, they're uh, now college and high school. And so, you know, what's more important than that? You know, than taking care of your family. And I, and that's part of Paul's admonition too is managing your family well. Uh, so I think that's all kind of all wrapped up in what you're talking about. That's that's great. Thank you. Good. Yes. Um, I would also say they're actively uh, engaged with their members. In okay. The sense, um, for instance, I filled out a white card. If you're filling out a white card, just be ready. Um, <laughs> because next week I had lunch. Our Brett Kerry Patterson, you know, called me up for to breakfast, and Mike Hagel calls me lunch there. And yeah. Next thing I know, I've got three elders, and then more follow-up emails. How's it going? You're thinking about your praying for your family. And coming back to, that's a sacrifice for them to do that. And they really have to be interested and they have mm -hmm. to care and they want to see spiritual growth yeah. in, in order to, to, to take that time. Yeah. Um, let me say this too. So, so engaged and, and um, I, I appreciate that you, you started that with a, with a card. You know, and there's lots of ways to start those conversations. So I would completely agree, we want to be engaged. And I'd also say too, you know, with a hundred to one ratio, um, we're trying. We've got systems. Um, you know, we're a lot of us are outgoing and friendly, and you know, we're trying our the best we can. But don't be shy. You know, fill out if 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 there's something going on in your life. I appreciate that you filled out that card. I appreciate when I get an email. I appreciate when I get a phone call. And um, it is a sacrifice of time. But I think I can speak for one and all of my 18 colleagues that we love those conversations or we wouldn't have agreed to serve in this way. So we love having breakfast with people and just listening and then praying with you. Uh, we, we love being invited into the most important times uh, and important conversations of your life. So thank you. Yes. Yes. Rachel. Okay, coaches, yeah, coaches Not instead of an authoritarian, a judge, um, okay. Um, and that's coming from somebody whose father is an elder somewhere else, you know. Yeah. And, and, and I think it can go both ways where you can be a coach or you can be a judge. And, and right. But, you know, I... And then there are those times like Laura was talking about where maybe we, we need to, to call well, people I, out. Most of my experience, mm -hmm. well, you can, I feel like you can even call, each, call people out in a way that's mm -hmm. more of a... Yes. Telling you what, I don't know. Um, I'm not wording it right. No, no. There's, 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 you're, there's you're wording a way to it great. call somebody out that feels shaming, and there's a way to call somebody out that feels like I just want you to get better. Right. And to pull you up. Um, and I appreciate that you guys tend to call out people in that way. Thank you. I, ho I hope we do. Yeah. Some somebody over here. We were talking about something else. Talked about love and how important that ingredient is in all of these conversations. So. So we're fallible, you know, um, we, we make lots of mistakes. I, I think if, if we're having those conversations, if we're walking alongside people and our primary motivation is love, I, I do think that, I think that helps. Thank you for that reminder and I hope we do that sometimes. Good. All right. Uh, what, what I'd like to do, if anybody has, uh, were there any other comments about kind of, yes, before we move on. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So I've, I've only been visiting like three or four weeks, 
Oh, we're glad you're here. Yeah, All right, what's your name? We're going to introduce you to the whole. Tara Rica Murdoch. Tara. Tara Rica Murdoch. Tara Rica Murdoch. Everybody say hello to Tara Rica <laughs> after class. So. All right, great. We're glad you're here. Yeah, and so just kind of like reacting and supporting yeah. me. Like people have been great and said hi, but one of the only people who's given me their email address to follow up with them after saying hi is an elder. Mike. Oh, wow. Okay. And so just like the fact that he would find me in service and like say, like, I haven't seen you before and then give me a way to follow up and be engaged. Like, really stands out to me. I think that's important. Yeah. Well, great. Thank you for that feedback. And that's, uh, so So we want to be those, and I think that's a, a great characteristic, speaks to the heart of somebody who, who doesn't just give lip service to being friendly, but says, hey, and you know, here's how you can get a hold of me. Uh, that's good. We talked about some of that last week, too, about uh, creating ways for those one-on-one uh, -on -one conversations. That's fantastic. So anything else? Any other thoughts about the heart of a shepherd? What, what makes a shepherd um, gifted or uh, well-suited to be successful? These have been fantastic. This is, um, you know, we could write these down and be, you know, Paul, we give Paul a run for his money, I think. So fantastic. That was almost a hand raise. Yes. So we've been talking a lot about internal things, and I, I totally agree with all of that. Um, I think in addition to that, I would love to see a group, and not that you guys aren't already doing no. this, but... We're, hey, we're open to criticism, too. Seriously. No, Seriously. I, I mean, I haven't noticed a problem, okay. but just important to me is um, a group of elders who's engaged with our community as okay. well, ah, so yes. that we can know how to serve and how to integrate our community with the rest of the church. So when we get to, we're, we're going to read, we've got several passages that I asked you to study. If you did, I'm not going to ask for a show of hands on that, uh, but we are going to look at 1 Timothy a little bit today. And um, so that's, it's almost as if you read that. It's almost as if you, because that's fantastic. He talks about having a good reputation with outsiders for credibility's sake. We heard Josh talk about credibility this morning. And so I think that's hugely important because if, if the people we work with think we're scoundrels and we you know we're and we're not dealing honestly and then we come put on a you know nice coat and smile and read from the Bible on Sunday mornings but we're you know we're terrible people during the week that I mean that's that does not reflect well on the church it hurts our ability to serve and so yeah so that's that's awesome great all right let me uh, what else any, any other this is fantastic feedback let me let me I just feel obligated since since I are one of the 19, to give you a little bit of feedback from my perspective. And, um, and, and so this is feedback from a guy who's been doing this about four and a half years. I'm one of the newest shepherds, uh, and I've learned a lot. Um, and, and I guess, let me just speak to you from my heart a little bit and tell you some observations I have made over the last four and a half years. Um, we're gonna read in just a minute Paul's quote unquote qualifications for elders, okay? And um, you know, I think a lot of times we view these as checklists and, and, and these are the things that you know, everybody has to have and we're gonna talk about that in just a second, but one thing that's been striking to me in my time serving with these other men is that we are really, really different. We bring a lot of different backgrounds. We, we bring a lot of different perspectives. We bring a lot of different talents. And, and some of us are uh, introverts, and some of us are extroverts, and some of us enjoy doing things physically, and some are a little more intellectual, and some are just more naturally uh, good at studying and interpreting scripture, and other people are more naturally good at relationships, and, and, and none of those things are necessarily mutually exclusive, 
but I was genuinely surprised at the wide variety of personalities and giftedness. That's, so that's one observation I've made here about this particular sh group of shepherds. And um, the other thing, and, and maybe this, I hope this doesn't come as a surprise to you, but it's been a beautiful thing to witness, is we have some really, really spirited conversations about important topics. And um, it's amazing to me that not one time in the last four and a half years have I seen anybody get up and run out of the door or be mad or hold a grudge. Sometimes we have really long conversations long into the evening, but it, it, it's, it almost escapes words for me, but there is a respect. I, I come back to the word respect. There is a respect among the men in that room and everybody gets to say what they want to say. And so sometimes we, you know, we have these long meetings, but they're a joy because I know I'm going to get to say what I want to say. I know I'm not going to um, be ignored. And I think every person in that room feels that way. It's, it's a really cool thing uh, to be able to learn from these older men to, to see what unity looks like. And, and I guess that's the best way I can put it is Unity isn't that we get together and we all say the same thing and we have the same opinions and, and we never have an argument. Quite the opposite, but it, it comes back to love. We love each other, we respect each other. And so we disagree on things that don't necessarily matter, but we are in lock solid agreement on the things that do matter. We, you know, we believe in a risen Lord and Savior. We believe that he died for his bride, the church. And so um, we believe that you know, all of that matters. And, um, and the rest of the stuff, we, f we figure we can work it out because, you know, we love each other and he loves us. So um, I, I just want to kind of, I hope that um, in some small way kind of gives you a little bit of insight about, you know, being a part of that group. And from my perspective, those are the things that really matter. Um, I, I love that Josh shared some of his favorite things this morning. Um, I'll share a couple of things. I, I had put down two things that I thought were really important to me as far as what Scripture teaches about the qualifications or the characteristics of somebody who's going to serve. And one of those things is um, manages their family well. And maybe it's because we're still in the throes of you know, having, having two boys um, that, you know, are part of our household. One's got one foot, you know, almost completely out the door and the other's about to graduate from high school. Um, but that's, you know, that's something I would encourage you to, to look at, to the, the people you think about who may serve well as elders. Look at their family. Look at, the, look at that relationship because that's what being a shepherd is about. It's about um, a relationship with a larger church family. You hear us use that language a lot of times, but I think that's a good, you know, if someone manages something small well, we see this over and over in Scripture, then chances are they're going to manage something bigger well too. So I, I think that is, uh, at least to me, maybe it's the time of life that I'm in, I'm tuned into looking at people and observing how do they interact with their family, how do they how do they manage their household, and so that's an important characteristic to me. Um, and the other one that speaks to me too is able to teach, and and I want to say a word about that because I love getting up in front of all of you. I, it's it's an honor, it's a privilege. Um, I like to hear the sound of my voice, so that's you know that's fun. This now that Sarah's gone, I can I can move it back and be louder if I want to. Don't tell her. Um, but teaching as a qualification or as a characteristic 
um, or the heart of a shepherd doesn't have to be standing up in front of a group and holding a microphone or um, being in a public way. I have observed so many of these men that I serve with who their teaching happens at those coffee moments in the morning, at lunch, when they go to a hospital, when they go into people's home, when they, when they make a phone call to somebody on their way to work and they, who's not been at church for a while and just say, hey, I, we've missed you and we love you and we're thinking about you. And, and those moments, those relationships that lead to questions, that lead to sometimes hard conversations about life. And so those are those teaching moments. I think, you know, I think that's the admonition in Peter about, uh, in First Peter about you know, being ready to give an answer um, for the faith that you have. And so um, to me, I think look for people who are uh, good teachers. And I think that can take a lot of different forms uh, because people learn in so many different ways, um, which means we need a lot of different kinds of teachers. So I think that's important. All right, let's, let's look at what Scripture says before we get out of here. Um, I, I asked you to take a look at uh, Titus chapter 1, 1 Timothy 3. Last week we talked about John 10. Um, Mark, uh, Mark 10 is also great uh, that Josh touched on a little bit this morning. But let's look at 1 Timothy 3, uh, the first seven verses this morning. Since we are talking about the heart of a shepherd and what gifts does a shepherd need to be successful. So I'm going to read that. And then I'd like to hear your feedback on that. Here's a trustworthy saying. Whoever aspires to be an overseer desires a noble task. Now the overseer is to be above reproach, faithful to his wife, temperate, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not given to drunkenness, not violent but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. He must manage his own family well and see that his children obey him, and he must do so in a manner worthy of full respect. If anyone does not know how to manage his own household, how can he take care of God's church? He must not be a recent convert, or he may become conceited and fall under the same judgment as the devil. He must also have a good re reputation with outsiders, so that he will not fall into disgrace and into the devil's trap. All right, react to that, please. Yes. Okay, yeah, it's a high bar. Yes, okay. I just, I, I've heard my own father, for instance, say, I have people approaching me in my home, home church um, to be an elder, but I don't think I meet all of these things. Like, he has told me this. So how do we read that with more grace? Yes. <laughs> Does anybody qualify? Yeah. So, um, yeah, so it's a high bar. And how do we read this? Um, and, and I'll tell you, the reason a lot of men are asked to serve and far more have said no in the past because they will go down this list and say, well, I'm not this and I'm not this and I'm not this. And I think the question you asked, and I love the question, I think it's the question, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put it to the rest of the room, is how do we read this with more grace? How do we, 
how do we understand this? And, and is, this an, is this an absolute checklist? Is this something that has, been, has to have been attained or is this something that needs to be aspired to? Yes. You know, I, I think that since the, these lists aren't exhaustive, okay. we, can't, we can't even consider them as qualifications. Okay. And I think that we just need to throw that term out. Yes. And we can use it to talk about the history. Okay. But these are characteristics. Characteristics, yeah. And you know, and, I, and even in preparing for this class, um, I, I can't, I've caught myself... And, and you've just reminded me. I, I think I've said qualifications a couple of times. No, I, I no, no, no. I think you've done a good job. Well, no, no, and I'm, and I'm not. It's okay. No, seriously, it's. it's I think you've actually quoted it. Yeah. And I think that's helpful. I think yeah. we have to talk about, you know, because we're reading the text differently. Yeah. So, um, so, so let's dig a little deeper into that. If you notice, and oh, I'm looking at the clock. It's like we've got like just a couple of minutes. Dig into this on your own. Have some conversations with your spouse, with your friends this week. This is important <coughs> stuff. But what, what you talked about, about this being a, you know, a, a, an exhaustive list, I, I, I would have loved to ask that question and get a lot of feedback on that. But I'm going to go ahead, since I've got the microphone, I'm going to say, I don't think this is an exhaustive list. I don't think this is a checklist. I don't think if you don't check two of the eight boxes that it means you can't serve. I think this is really a conversation about heart. And that's why we talked about this is this conversation is about the heart of a shepherd. And so, yes, those things are important. But if you want to be literal about this, if you compare Titus and Timothy, um, and, I'm, and, I'm, and I'm having kind of a brain cramp here at the moment. I, th I think I think when when um, when Paul was talking to uh, Titus about the Cretans, okay, because he was in Crete, he forgot to say lover of money. He didn't. It's not mentioned. Okay, there, there's some talk about dishonest gain, but Hey, if you're a, if you're wanting to be an elder in Crete, according to according to that letter, you can love money. It's okay. Well, come on, that's not that's 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 inconsistent with the whole of Scripture. I think so. Um, so I think we have to be careful. And 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 maybe I liked your holding our um, beliefs in our open hand. I think we need to hold these conversations that that Paul was having with with the early church and say this is valuable stuff because Paul was trying to say to to Titus who was in Crete and, and what was going on in their world, these are important things you need to consider about the heart of the men who are gonna serve. Um, and, and so I, th I think that's important. I think we need to be, uh, how do we hold in respect all of that and know that even these two lists in Timothy and Titus are, are different, they're different lists. So I saw your hand and I saw another one over here, so. Uh, I like the idea that this is not an exhausted list. Okay. But, but I'd beg the question, which one of these items on this list would we be willing to compromise? Okay, that's a great question. Yeah, so it may not be exhaustive, but it's pretty important. And, and, and so what I'm hearing you say is, do we get to throw some out that we, uh, you're kind of asking the rhetorical question, do we get to throw some out that we don't like? I am a kind of a, a logical guy, so I think differently than, than some people do. <laughs> but I hope we get to yeah. think, even though we think differently, because I would... I'm always like, well, okay, well, then how we do it? Like, how do we select an elder based on these guidelines? Is it is it 80%? I mean, I'm kind of being tongue-in-cheek. You know, yeah, yeah. Right, what's the bar? Okay, so if it's, yeah. So somebody said something earlier, and I'm going to encourage you. I'd, I'd like, there, oh, there, 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 here and then here. Go, go, go ahead. I want to hear more about your answer to his question. Because okay. I think we all read... Every one of us reads this through our own lens. We read this through the lens, many different lenses, but one of the lenses we read this through is our own sin. 
and we know we should all strive for this, whether or not we'll ever be an elder or not. But the word must is used over and over again here, and that must mean something. Okay. And I would like to know more about what that means and what it doesn't mean. Yeah. Yeah. So um, let me, your comment, and then I'll make, okay. Um, so in attempting to answer that question in the 30 seconds or so that we have left. I gave you too um, much time. It's, it's too much time. <laughs> um, so let, let me attempt to answer that. I think what Paul writes is really important. I, I, think, I think these lists, these things that we have um, held up in the past and today, as these, these are important characteristics for somebody who's going to aspire to be an overseer of the church, of the bride that Jesus died for. This is the kind of men we want to lead us spiritually. And it's really important. And then what I have to hold that intention with is even, even the best of us as men who are trying to lead, we're we're flawed, we're broken, we're sinners. And we, we are also um, standing in need of Jesus's blood. And so somebody asked last week, we were talking about what we could do better as shepherds. And somebody said, well, we'd like to know more about your past. And we kind of joked about that, like, well, that's kind of off limits. Um, we all have a past, we're all sinners. And so I think, and I'm just speaking from my heart, I think Satan would love nothing more than for really God-loving, broken men who've come to the cross and accepted Jesus as their Savior, I think he would love to whisper in their ear, you know, but remember when you were in college, you used to be a drunkard. Remember when you uh, were a young married person, you didn't respect your wife and you did all sorts of terrible things to her. What, whatever, whatever that is, whatever those sins were, I think, that, I think he does that with all of us. I think he does it with shepherds. I think he um, I think the evil one is doing that when people are considering whether they can serve or not. Because if we think about all the reasons we can't serve because we're not perfect, then nobody can serve. So I, I don't, I'm not smart enough. I'm, I'm not a, a Greek scholar. We don't, have, we don't have the time today, but we'll let it spill over in the next week a little bit. Because um, next week is about a little bit more about um, mechanics of the nomination process. I think we can cover that pretty quickly. Maybe we can have some more of this conversation. Um, but th those are some things that I would kind of react to. Yes? I think the next, I'm, I'm going to answer my question now. With okay, my good. I think the most important word is the word, it's some of the words that come after. Uh, the word manage, the, I think, I'm not a Greek scholar. It seems like that's what he's doing now. The word be, that's what he is now. They use the word be. It's not that he never sinned. No one, no one hits that bar. Right. It's it's where he is now. Where are you now? now? Yeah. Managed be and, present and, tense. And do we have some idea that he has come from a place or that he has a track record of this? Not that he's perfect, but <coughs> a track record. Yeah. That and seems and to be what it suggests. I agree. And and the words the word the best words I could come up with for that is you know I'm I'm thinking about attained versus aspired. And so if, if, the, if, the, if these scriptures are about have, have, has a person attained that, we're all going to fall short. But if, if somebody is aspiring to that you know, in the present and they're trusting in Jesus to, to, to lead a changed life, I, I think we can tell. You know, I think that's, he, Paul's giving encouragement to Timothy to say, look for people who are aspiring <laughs> to these things. Um, 
so yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I think I saw a hand over here. Yes. Uh, you won't be able to answer this in the next 30 seconds. But, <laughs> Thank um, you. You heard that. I, I, I do not have to answer it, this question. Address it next week is that we were talking about this not being so necessarily a list, but the thing that the assumption that we are saying is, is sort of sacrosanct is we keep saying he. And is as a church, like, where do we fall on that? Because I thought, I, you know, I was, I was in the clear. If I'd have just ended on time. <laughs> and, oh, and, man. And, and I, we just mentioned a couple of things. Okay. Like last week, we said, like, hey, if you think of a lady who's married to a guy, like, write his name down. Well, why his okay. name? If we think of her, yeah. write her name down. Okay. And, and I, I said, I. Yeah, and where, and where do we, those, and where are we on all I that? Think at least clarify. Sure. The why. So I've, I've been able to put this conversation off now for two weeks. Yeah. So l last week I said we'd talk about it this yeah. week. It didn't come up. Thank you very much. For, no, no, it's an important conversation. So I tell you what, uh, come back next week. We'll have that conversation. Uh, at least one more comment if we go fast. If you, if you all need to go get kids, you're welcome to go. But I'm, we can stay as long as you want. So this is great. The other thing, uh, the qualification list, would, would Paul have met these qualifications? Would Paul have Paul met? Paul qualified to be an elder. Right, and he was the guy appointing elders, so, interestingly enough. So I think so, that's something to dwell on. Yeah, would, would Paul have met the list? Okay, yes. And this is why I love, I love the process. Yes. Because we as a body, we are in, our role right now is to nominate people that we think aspire, and I think aspire is the right word, to this list. And there are multiple steps to becoming an elder. It's not just you're nominated in some Right. So I like that there's multiple levels in the process of the names being put forward, and then you'll get into more mechanics next week, but then right. there's also conversations that happen. So right. I think it's important that we view this as a process, too, and we put names forward, and we think, aspire to that list. Yes. And then there's, there's other pieces of the process that have conversations between that person and God, and that person in the eldership, and... There's multiple levels yep. I appreciate you saying that. So this is a process. This is the first part of the process. But this, and this is a good note to end on, this, this underscores the importance of every one of you in this room to take it seriously, which I, I can tell you do by, by the conversation, and, and to be an active participant in this part of the process. Because we, we, we can't even have an intelligent conversation, really, about what you asked me um, in, until we have all of you speak to us and say, okay, because we've asked you, who do you think? And so until that happens, you know, we, we don't have any specifics to deal with. So thank you. Um, let me quickly pray. I promise it'll be fast, but I just want to invite God into our conversations this next week. Uh, God in heaven, you are so great. You are so powerful. We love you. Thank you for letting us come to you in the name of Jesus. Uh, please bless these conversations this week. Uh, I thank you for every person, every family in this room uh, for the, for the uh, seriousness with which we approach this topic, uh, with the love for each other that we've had in this room. Thank you for your word and, and your spirit that guide us as we, as we try to please you and, um, and operate uh, as a church family in a world that really needs Jesus. We pray it through his powerful name. Amen. See you next week. Thanks for, uh, thanks for your comments. <laughs>